Hi, love. My name is Nitika Chopra, and I am your host for the podcast, Thriving Together. I'm so excited about this show because we are going to genuinely be on the journey together. I'll be sharing lots of behind the scenes and as many unfiltered moments from my life as I possibly can as I take you through what it has meant for me to learn how to thrive and the ways that I'm still learning every single day. While you will be on your own journey of thriving, figuring out what that means for you. And I know that so many of you out there might not even know if thriving is possible, but I want you to know through this podcast and this show that it absolutely is, that it has to be on your own terms. Thank you so much for being here with me and let's get started with thriving together. Hello loves. I am so excited for this episode of thriving together. Oh my gosh, it was so fun to have this conversation with our guest today. I got to sit down with the amazing Emily Levy and she and I, oh my gosh, we got into so many things. We got into entrepreneurship. We got into psychic gifts. We got into just so many ups and downs of our health journey. Um, and it was just a really beautiful conversation. I, as usual, I felt like I could talk to her for hours and hours and, you know, never kind of tire of things for us to share with each other. So I want to start by just giving you a little bit of info about Emily. Um, she co-founded Mighty Well to improve patients' lives with chronic illnesses based on her personal experience with long-term vascular access, infusion therapy, and home care. Emily is a healthcare key opinion leader, an entrepreneur, and a keynote speaker. She's been honored by world-class entrepreneurial programs, including the Cartier Women's Initiative Awards, the Morgan Stanley Multicultural Innovation Lab, and Mass Challenge. Emily is a 2024-26 board member of the Association for Vascular Access Representing the Patient Voice. And she is just unbelievable. I mean, I met Emily years and years ago, and we talk about that first meeting, and we talk about, you know, our thoughts about each other and all of those things, but um, she's really a force. I you know, remember meeting her and thinking that, but then also just in getting to know her a little bit more over the last year or so, because she supported us with Chronicon this year too, with giving everyone masks and things like that. Um, I just remember, you know, as she was telling me about all the things she's done and like the community size she has and all the ways she's grown and the different offerings she has and all of that. I was like just so blown away and I still am. So I feel like you're going to really, really enjoy this episode and I hope that you spend some time listening to what we chatted about. And yeah, let us know. Let us know on social media. We always post in um, on Chronicon's page about every single in. Uh, sorry, every single uh, new podcast. So I hope you go and, and, you know, let us know what you think about it. I also hope you're subscribed to the show because it does help make sure that you don't miss an episode. We try to, you know, send out an episode every week and um, we take a couple breaks during the year, but we are doing an episode a week and I want to make sure you don't miss a single one. So I hope you love it. And, um, you know, I haven't said this in a while, but if you haven't gone to the Apple store and left us a five-star review, I would love it. 
if you did. Oh my gosh, that would mean so much to me. And you know, you all know that I'm so bad at <laughs> promoting my own stuff. But um, when you give a review to a podcast, it really helps boost um, the visibility and the ability for more people to get it and notice it and see it. So uh, if you haven't done that already, I would love for you to do that. And without further ado, I would love for you to listen to this episode with the amazing Emily Levy from Mighty Well. Hello, loves. I am so pumped. We have the amazing Emily Levy here. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I have been fangirling over you since before I got to meet you in real life. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Also, I, I always have this experience where I'm like, oh, that's the first time I've said this person's name. It is Emily Levy, or is it Levi? I actually pronounce it Levy. Levy. Oh, I was like, yes. it's the third one that I didn't say. Okay, Levy. But you know, a lot of people um, pronounce it in the two ways you just pronounced. It kind of just depends on like what your family preference is. Uh, but I well, personally pronounce it Emily Levy. Levy. Okay, great. No, you, I mean, people who know me know that I am a stickler for making sure that I pronounce everyone's name right. Even if I have to awkwardly ask them like five times, sometimes my brain doesn't, it doesn't stick, but um, yeah, it's important. So Emily Levy, I'm so glad that you're here. And um, we met so many years ago and I, you just sent me a picture the other day of when we first met and I remember we were doing, you were doing a workshop in, um, what was it? It was like the Lululemon store or something? It was in the Lululemon store. Our mutual friend, Allie Cashel, has a nonprofit, Suffering the Silence. She created this an amazing event and I had the opportunity to meet you there. Um, but for your listeners, I actually saw your amazing photo in a bathing suit in the subway in New York City. And I knew who you were from social media. And I was like, oh my God, this brand has someone with chronic illness. And I was like, who is this? And that's when I texted my friend, Allie. I was like, do you know her? So I feel like I met you before I met you in real life. And just, it feels so full circle to have this moment here with you today. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. I, I remember meeting you and and I still feel this way. And then just like hearing all of the things that you have done and I mean, I was telling you right before we started, you know, and pushed record that I think about you almost every day because I wear your mask for Mighty Well every single day. I love your mask. We were so lucky to have you donate so many masks to Chronicon this year. And you actually like made sure we all got a mask, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, I wear it every single day. And I just remember like hearing all the things you were doing and I'm like, this one person is doing all this things. Like, not, and I didn't know you, so it wasn't because I didn't think you were capable, you know? It was just like, wait a second, what? Like, what? how? Like, how is she doing all of this? Like, I don't even understand. So I would love to just get to know you even more today. I know we've talked, like, privately one-on-one -on -one a few times, and um, I have gotten to know you, I think, in a really special way. But this is an opportunity for folks who are listening to get to know the person behind the Mighty Well brand, because it really has become such an incredible brand and you have such a beautiful, engaged and dedicated following. Like I know 
people, if you're not subscribed to their email list, they send out great newsletters like consistently throughout the week and um, tons of resources in that newsletter. And um, yeah, and then you have all these amazing products that, you know, are actually helping people like myself because I use your mask every day. So I'd love to know a little bit more about what sparked you to start Mighty Well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And first, I'll just start. I have an incredible, um, two incredible co-founders and a few um, team members as well. So I'm definitely a catalyst for why the company started, but by no means, especially living in a chronically ill body, could I do, could I be a solo founder? Um, So I did want to start there. Um, But for folks who aren't familiar uh, with the Mighty Well brand, we really started out of my own need as a patient. Um, I was misdiagnosed with neurological Lyme disease and it took over what we're trying to figure out is like seven to 10 years to get a proper diagnosis. And uh, at this time I was in college and um, it got to the point where I needed a long-term IV, which is known as a PIC or a PIC line. A lot of people in the chronic illness community uh, need them at some point for treatment for long-term antibiotic therapy. And uh, I grew up in the apparel industry, specifically the surfing apparel industry. My family owned a surf shop. Uh, for about 30 years and I was just like this is horrible like people are looking at my arm they're looking at me as a medical device as a diagnosis I don't have to tell your listeners how awful the medical process is Um, but it really just started because I had this medical device I felt like people were judging at me judging me staring me staring at me and I wanted to fix this. Um, so my co-founders and I first came up with the Pick Perfect, which uh, protects picks, and it quickly grew into talking with other folks like yourself, saying like, I need this, I need that, I need that. And then we actually started working on a mask before the pandemic uh, because I was immunocompromised and so many of our community members were as well. So we're really proud of you know the Friends in the Fight community that we've built, the products we've launched, and really excited um, when we get to talk to folks like you who are actually using the products. I was like, that's when I'll know I'll have made it (laughs) when people are using the products and it's just like a serendipitous thing. Yeah. Oh my God. I love my Mighty Well mask. Like, thank you. I feel like, yeah. And I, I feel so, I mean, not to like make this an ad, but, but I, I do feel so like lucky to have that mask because it's so comfortable. It's like the only one that doesn't make me feel, I guess like when I wear a mask, I'm really grateful to be wearing one because I know I really need it and it's like good for me. But for me, there is always this like added level of kind of stress, I would say, that comes up for me when I'm wearing most masks because I feel like it's this like extra thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and then like it's kind of restricting my breathing a little bit. Like it feels like some of the other masks that I bought where like they are just a little bit more intense, like they feel a little bit more cumbersome, but I don't feel any of that when I wear the Mighty Well mask. Like I just feel like I'm so relaxed. I feel like the stress doesn't come up. It's just like a part of my face. It's also not like jarring for other people when I'm wearing, like I've worn the the mask to weddings, to events, to like so many things. And it's, I love it because it is so, um, like kind of discreet 
is kind of the mm-hmm. word I would use to describe it. Um, so yeah, again, not to make this an ad, but it is my Thank favorite you. mask. I literally wear, I have one next to my door every single day, like so that I take it when I leave the house. Um, so thank you for making Thank it. you. Thank yeah. you so much. And, and when I started um, working with my team to do some R&D around masks, I tried everything that was out there. And I actually had the opportunity to do a speaking engagement in Japan. And I was like, this is obviously before the pandemic. And people were just wearing masks as like a common courtesy. And I was like, I don't know if it was like some psychic senses coming in, but I was like, we need to make this. So I feel so grateful that this product has spread far and wide and I'm still masking, you know, so many people in our community, um, in the chronic illness community are still masking. So thank you for sharing your experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mask, I wear a mask every day when I go out, you know, and I live in a building that has like, there's a lot of people in my building. It's like a high rise. So I, every time I get into the elevator, like anything, um, I'm walking alone on the street and there's like no one really around, then I'll take my mask off to get some fresh air. But yeah, I still wear a mask like so much of the time. And I think it's kind of funny because I've been posting all these pictures of me in Europe and like me doing all of these things and I'm not wearing a mask in the pictures, but I literally like take the mask off for the picture. Yeah, take it off or, for like, the picture, you know, you know wear yeah. it on the plane, wear it on the subway. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel you. For sure. For sure. So what was that experience like, Emily? Like I know you said, you know, that you went through this like seven to 10 year long journey with trying to get the proper diagnosis and, you know, that and while you were in college was like a lot of it and, you know, just dealing with so much. And, um, I just want to know, like, what did that feel like for you? Like, what was that experience like going through that time? Mm, Thank you. And I'm still unpacking it in therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But really what I've been focusing on is just how lost I felt in the process and confused. And, you know, I had the privilege of great healthcare and my family was able to see, you know, private doctors and still none of them could really pinpoint what was going on for me. And um, I felt really hopeless during the experience because I knew something was wrong, especially cognitively. Um, you know, went from being the captain of a field hockey team in high school, straight A students to like, blacking out in class and not knowing where I was and not being able to walk, you know, up the hill to my college dorm. And I just felt like no one believed me. And unfortunately, I think that's a really common theme in the chronic illness and disability community. Um, And it wasn't until I got diagnosed that I was actually crying because I was happy because I was like, oh, this is not all in my head. So it's just been such a journey, um, you know, over 10 years in treatment with vascular access, you know, implanted port and pips in my arm and so many different IVs. But in this moment in time, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that I've learned who I am throughout the process and I've made incredible friends and connections. So... Wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, um, but it's definitely been a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. Wow. You have such a like calmness about you. Like you're very chill right now. I'm like, (laughs) 
I don't feel this chill. <laughs> so you oh have like gosh. a meditation practice or like what's going on over there? Like, wow, do you get to be so centered and yeah, just feel so calm? Mm, yeah, I'll I'll share with you my morning practice. Um, yeah. I have a little sauna mat. Um, so I do at least 20 minutes every morning in an infrared sauna. It's like a little sleeping bag that I get into. Uh, in my apartment, I have a little room that's uh, my healing studio. Um, so I just try to take even 10 minutes in the morning to do a guided meditation, breathe, you know, visualize my intentions for the day. Um, I have a little deck, so sometimes I'll go out there and just like smell my plants, talk to my plants. Um, really, I've tried to get off of coffee. I found that was like a really big anxiety trigger for me. Um, and working with plant medicines has been just a game changer for me. And I'm a huge proponent of that for folks with chronic illness who have kind of hit a wall. Um, so it's a daily practice. Sometimes it's multiple times a day, but that's how I started this morning and most mornings if I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you feel like before you implemented this routine, like you were more frazzled or more anxious or like, what was it like before? Oh, a thousand percent. I felt like I was like, always like, like grasping for air. And some days I still feel like too. Right. Um, but I feel like now I have these practices and things I can come to that just help me to like recenter myself. Um, mm -hmm. Even right now, like I have a piece of black tourmaline in my hand, just as like my own personal fidget spinner um, and an incense going in the background. So I try to think of like what little tools can I bring in to my daily life to just help me remember to be here. Mm hmm. Yeah. What I love about the things that you mentioned, like the tourmaline or that you said incense too, like there's some, yeah, like yeah, in the background. I love that. Yeah, like I love that it's all different. You're igniting and connecting to all different senses too. Like it's not just one thing, which I found in my healing journey, like the more I embrace that, like the happier I am. I actually like ran out of incense recently and I've been trying to find like one that I really like that's also not like toxic. Yes. Um, so I've been like looking. If you have recommendations, please, please message me and let me know. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely find that when I'm like, yeah, smelling something that's really grounding and nice. And then like, I'm also like feeling fabrics or something that's like really calming, you know, um, I'm looking out at like the water when I sit at my desk, which is really mm. nice, like things like that, you know, um, I do find like connecting all of those different senses and kind of thinking to myself like, okay, well, I'm just looking at the water, but maybe I could also be smelling something great in my apartment and I could also be doing other things. So I love that. Yes. I love that. Yes. And was it something that you like, like all of these different things, like the sauna and like, you know, the tourmaline and like all these different things, are they things that you just like intuitively knew that you needed or like, how did you start? going from, yeah, I guess like that's the question is like, how did you go from being like so hopeless and like really feeling like, oh my God, like how is this ever going to get better? Because so many people I know have felt that way or are feeling that way right now to, you know, I'm just gonna spin this tourmaline and it's going to be okay. 
know, like yes. that's a big, that's a big shift. And I know it doesn't yeah. happen overnight, but how, how did you go from that to that? Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I feel like I'm actually ready to share Medica and I've never talked about this on a podcast. So I feel like my heart racing right now. Um, but, uh, and, and folks in the mighty well community know this, but in 2020, I hit rock bottom with my health and I had to go on about a year and a half of medical leave. And I feel like it was a mixture of long COVID reactivated Epstein bar, you know, the isolation definitely led to some thick depression, um, a lot going on in my family's life, a lot of death, um, so, you know, like so many people, like 2020 and 2021 were rough. Um, and I am so lucky that I got to go through ketamine therapy um, through an at-home program. And I just knew, like, I couldn't be on antidepressants the rest of my life. I knew I was newly married at the time. I was like, I can't. I want to have kids one day. Like, I just got married and I felt myself. Um, headed for a wheelchair. I was using a cane at the time and I was just like, this can't be my life. Um, so I went through a round of home ketamine therapy with um, a psychedelic therapist and it really saved my life. I'm a huge advocate for it. It allowed me to see that I could heal and this wasn't going to be my whole life, but it was going to be a chapter in my life and there was a purpose behind all this horrible feelings in my body. Um, so yeah, I'm starting to talk more publicly about that, but that really kick-started my healing journey. Um, and then I've actually never shared this on a podcast, but I'm also a medium. And I discovered this gift like through the healing journey and through a few loved ones who passed away during the pandemic. Uh, so I started working with a mediumship coach and teacher who is also a chronic illness coach um, and had so many parallels. So, yeah, I love all the woo and I believe in it. And it's been so cool to connect um, these gifts that I've had with business and like really feeling deeply into things before we make a strategic decision or we launch a new product. Um, so, yeah, I've never shared that before. And um, there's been a lot of other plant medicine healing in my life that I've left the country for, um, but it's a huge part of why I'm alive today. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, it feels big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a safe space to do that here, you know. Um, we always say, or I always say that whatever works for you is like, what is most important. Like, it's not about like, oh, like I am a huge proponent of this nervous system work that I've been doing. It has changed my life for sure. But, and I want, I genuinely want everyone to do it. <laughs> like, I'm not shy about that. Yes. But I know not everyone will do it. And I know that some people have tried it and maybe it's not for them. And, you know, like, I just really, really believe that. So I think it's safe to share like what we're doing and, you know, how it's helped us because it doesn't mean that that is us saying like, you have to do it. And like, this mm -hmm. is the only way that you're going to be okay. Like, I do not believe that at all. I believe that if you're like destined to get better, like you will find your mm -hmm. way to get better, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that you 
we're so open to trying like things that are definitely like not the norm, I would say, although they're becoming more and more, you know, common and, and people are talking about them. But I think, you know, it is an interesting thing when we get to that moment where we're just like, okay, it's like this or death. Like, it's like, I can't. That was where I was. Yeah. That's how I was last year, honestly. And we talked actually, like, we I think did. it was. Yeah, I think I can't remember the exact time that it was, but yeah, I think it was sometime last year before. We were both like just coming, <laughs> coming out of the clouds. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I definitely, um, yeah, I definitely was there, and that's what had me start this nervous system work because um, I hadn't tried anything like that in so long, and um, and it's so interesting that you mentioned the medium thing. Because I feel like we need to have like a separate conversation about that. For because, sure. Um, yeah, I've talked on this podcast. I, I talked about it a little bit more on my other podcast, The Point of Pain, when I used to have that one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I have channeled people who have passed like many times for people that I love. Not so much people in my own life, but it's like I've sat, I've sat with especially like some girlfriends that I have who's parents have died, like one Mm -hmm. father just died or something like that. And they have come to me Mm -hmm. and it is so amazing and wild and like nothing I have ever experienced in my life. And I also believe that, um, there's something more for me there. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, you're giving me this look and no one can see what Emily's giving me. Like, yeah, there is like, yeah, there's something more. like, let's go. Um, I do really believe there's something more. I also know that I use what I call like my psychic ability. I know that I use it mm-hmm. in my everyday work without mm-hmm. making it about that. Like even the way that I like love the community, the way that I do and things like that, it's from a very divine, like greater than me place. It's not like just Nitika. Like Nitika isn't that evolved, I feel like, but like this divine source that comes through me is like highly evolved. And I'm like, great, you do your thing. Um, You know? I have goosebumps. You do? Yes. I love that you're sharing this too on your new podcast and um, what I'll say is most mediums I've met have gone through chronic illness or near death experiences. So I totally believe that. And it's so clear in the work that you do that it, it is channeled from a higher place. And you were just, I remember watching you on the stage in your fabulous screen dress, your mighty well mask like, at the chronic con in-person event. And I was just like, who is this? I've met you. I know you, but I'm like, wow. So I feel that for you so deeply. Um, And I also want to comment on the nervous system work. I feel like there's such a connection between chronic illness and the nervous system and our nervous systems being dysregulated. So I'm also doing my own form of nervous system work and it's been a game changer. And I feel like it clears the body's pathways so we can heal ourselves. I don't know if that's been your experience or just calm things down so we can actually hear what's going on in our bodies. Yeah. The heal heal ourselves thing is like a whole can of worms because I feel like for so long, I, like when I was younger, you know, I started my chronic illness journey at 10. So I would say from like maybe 10 to 25, I would say, 
I was like, either in like, this is going to be my life forever, like more like victim, mm -hmm. which was like the first chapter, I would say, because I was so young too, and in so much physical pain. But then I, in somewhere in the middle, I got to this other place where it was like, I was listening to like all of these self-help authors and like watching The Secret. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to like be healed and I'm supposed to just say that I'm amazing and that I don't have the chronic illness and then, you know, everything's going to be okay. And that obviously was not my experience at all. And it was actually like very damaging, which I've talked about a lot, I feel mm -hmm. like with our community too. And then I sort of went to this other place, which I don't think I even realized until very recently when I started doing this nervous system work, where I was sort of just like, I guess, just was like, okay, I'm just going to accept like this is my life. Mm -hmm. And I always am going to have to like manage being very sick and like mm -hmm. not like having this very unpredictable body that feels like it needs so much management. But I'm going to like thrive in my own way inside of that, you mm -hmm. know, I'm going to figure it out inside of that paradigm. And to be honest, like I was totally fine with that because I didn't feel like a victim. I didn't feel like I felt sorry for myself or any of those things. And I was still going after pretty big dreams. But just recently in the last few months, maybe like five to six months, I my body has been ready to say like, Hey babe, <laughs> like, like, I know, I know it's been hard. I know it's been really just a shit show, honestly, <laughs> like just so messed up. And we are still open to not being sick. If wow. you're like up for it, like that's wow. basically the message that I got, <laughs> you know? But I have no idea what that really means, right? It's like, I don't know what that's going to look like. It's the next chapter. I'm not in a rush. I'm not yeah. forcing it. I'm not like, and that's like, you know, I brought in my nervous system coach to Chronicon recently. And I know she really like sees that for me too. But mm -hmm. she's also like, it's not about her agenda and it's not about my agenda either, right? So it is about figuring out like, how do I, I feel like I'm being interviewed now just sharing so many things but you like are you're unlocking so much for me um which i just love but yeah it is about like allowing my body to show me what it wants to do next you know from this like really pure place so yes if uh the audience can see my face my jaw is like like to the floor because i'm yes 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 and yes and i was actually at the same place where i for a year and a half i had to accept like this was going to be my life. I would need a cane, maybe one day a wheelchair. Um, and like our children in my future, I really had to go to a place of surrender and acceptance. And I had a very similar whisper in my ear of like, Hey, there's a path you can take one foot from the other, you know, you might slide back a little bit. We might have to pivot. We have to go to the left, the right, the center. Um, but the most amazing people have been put in my path once I was, I feel like I like made an agreement with my higher self of like, if if I can get through this, like, I will dedicate my life. I feel like I'll rededicate my life, you know, because I feel like I was already doing that with Mighty Well, but it was a rededication of choosing to be here on this physical plane, because there was a part of me that definitely didn't know if I was going to be here. I'm talking about that either. So. 
Thank you. Oh, thank you for sharing so openly with us, you know, because I know my I know the angels that are listening um, and I just know that they want the truth, you know, and yeah. that's like all we ever want is like it doesn't matter if it's the same truth as my truth, you know, it's like I just want to know the truth. Like That's like I'm always so committed to that. So I just really appreciate you showing up and fully going there and yeah. And I'm curious as to like the medium stuff, <laughs> you know, all right. Just like part two. Episode part two. Yeah. 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 We need a part two for sure about this, but just before we jump to a part two, I, I kind of want to know, like, has that work impacted your, like your work at all? Like how has that impacted you in other ways besides like being able to access that gift? Mm, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't talked about this either, except with my core team. Um, really whenever a big decision comes our way, I sometimes like, we'll just take a day and be like, I need to feel into this. I need to listen to this. I need to get quiet. I need to go to the ocean. Um, a lot of my work with mediumship um, will come through in writing. I'm clear audience. So I, I'll say like, oh, I heard, I hear, or um, clairsentient, I'll feel, or I'll physically see some things. Um, and one of our board members, one of our board members and one of our advisory board members passed away within the past few years since the pandemic. And um, their spirits have just come to me when I've been able to get really quiet. And they've told me they're orchestrating, they're helping with contracts, you know, here's what to email someone. <laughs> Never talked about this. Um, but yeah, I will sit down with my team at our conference table and be like, you know, Pat, who's our board member in spirit, you know, this is what she was telling me. And I just kept feeling like I had helpers in another realm who we're guiding the process. And I, you know, with entrepreneurship, there's so many times I wanted to give up, but I knew that we were helping people that I had no clue in all around the planet. And they just kept showing me like how Ladywell was dropping these bits of light, you know, into people's lives. And that's what's kept us going. That's what's kept the lights on. And you know, now I'm really at a point where I feel like we've helped so many people. I can't even count how many, um, but I also need to help myself because I feel like there's a part of me that was had this like savior complex that was like, if I didn't help the chronic illness community, like if I didn't help people with IVs, you know, who was going to do it? Um, but now I'm trying to come back to myself and say like, okay, you know, let's just go get quiet. Let's take care of my nervous system. Let's take care of my mental health. And then I can return to work with like more of a full cup. Wow. I feel like we're the same person. <laughs> like, because I'm just like, that's exactly what I'm going through right now. Cause, and I've talked about this so much with the community um, but yeah, like doing Chronicon this year, I don't regret it one bit. And like, it's only going to, you know, go up from here. I do feel that, but it definitely, I got like really, really burnt out from doing it this year. And I think it was like a blessing, but a challenge too, because 
it was sort of like a lifeline for me while I was going through just really crazy, intense health stuff. And it Absolutely. really helped me, you know, like it helped me like get up in the morning. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I have this like amazing community. Like I feel mm -hmm. like I'm going to die. And like, there's a good chance that I might actually, but I'm going to get up because there's these amazing people. And it was exciting and yes, super yes, yes. nourishing, you know? But then like the thing that's come up for me lately is like so similar to what you just said, which is like, I've never built something without self-sacrificing. Like I've just never done that. It's actually like how I feel about, you know, not, this is something I don't really talk about ever, but how I feel about romantic relationships sometimes too, because I can be so, I, I, I believe like the absolute best in people. And so mm -hmm. I can be so self-sacrificing in those relationships too, because I see someone who I believe is like from a divine place because I believe we're all from a divine place. Mm -hmm. And then I end up like getting really hurt and like taken advantage yeah. of in the process, you know? So it's like finding the ability or figuring out how to like regulate has been really hard for me because I just, I don't know. I just don't think of things in those like complicated ways in a lot of time. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. just, anyway. So yeah. So Chronicon has felt like lately I've been like, okay, I know I need to like dip my toe back in the water. I'm already starting to think about like the next Chronicon, which is going to happen next fall. Um, yeah. And stuff like that. But I'm like, okay, but I don't want to like die in the process. <laughs> Like, I'm gonna do this, you know. I was so, wondering how you did that. I was like, whoa, like it was it was a beautiful experience. Um, I can completely relate to you because I feel like before I took a medical leave of absence, the complete same thing. Mighty well got me up in the morning. The community gave me energy. Um, there just got to a point where I felt I never fully healed from neurological Lyme because I never stopped and I never you know, I was building my UL since I had my first pick in my arm. Um, so allowing ourselves to rest is so important. And I know you just talked about that in your newsletter. So yeah, I read everything you do. I read everything you do too. So, you know, it's mutual. It's very mutual. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a beautiful thing that we're both on this journey of like, okay, like, how do we do this? How do we figure out how to like grow and follow our dreams and also like be of service and help, but not have it need to be the model of like, when you're of service, you totally sacrifice yourself. Yeah. I also, was, yeah, go ahead. It was totally yeah. learned. It was ingrained yeah. in us by society, yeah. by our cultures, our families. And for me at college, like, that's the message that was like hardwired and it's been a journey of unlearning and then like relearning how can I do something sustainably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally what I'm learning right now because I also, what I was just thinking is like, I feel like that's intrinsic in a lot of like the charity conversations and stuff too. That was just something that came up for me because I know when I created Chronicon, I purposely didn't make it a nonprofit and I love nonprofits. We need them. Like they're doing, there's so many out there that are doing incredible work. But I was like, there's this thing about like, I can only make money as a sick person if I'm a charity. And like, if I, you know, yeah, if I'm a charity case and I'm just like, no, like I actually get to 
make money and thrive. And, you know, if I want to be a millionaire, like we're going to figure out how to do that. Like, you know, all of those things. And it's not just because like, I'm a sick person and like, you need to like Mm -hmm. feel bad for me and then give me money. Like, that's not the only model, but there is this feeling of like, when you're doing quote unquote, good work and like, you're helping people that you don't, you don't, you shouldn't matter. Like the person that you're helping is like the only thing that matters, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the amount of times I was told Mighty Well should be a nonprofit, we should have a nonprofit arm. Um, I can't even count. And, you know, we're doing pretty well in sales. (laughs) So I just, you know, nonprofits, I agree, are needed. But if you can be a social entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and live in a capitalist system, which is flawed, but, you know, that's the system we live in. And I do think you can do good through business if you have that, you know, what is it? Double bottom line, triple bottom line, you know, in mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel in resonance with you as you say that. Yeah. I think that social good aspect is like, I mean, we've given away, as you know, like so many scholarships, anybody who asks me for a scholarship, I'm like, great, take it. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I love giving away scholarships. So it's not about like wanting to take from the person that can't afford it and actually needs the help. And I know you're like this too, like with your masks and like, if people in, you know, need it and stuff like that, I know you would just be like, here, take it. Like, great. Absolutely. Make sure, you know, like, So it's so interesting, um, but it is the system we live in. And I think it's like, you know, up to us to kind of say, okay, yeah, but we're not going to just, you know, let you walk all over us because we decided we want to help people, which I feel like is somewhat expected in this weird way, you know? Oh, well, if I could go on a short rant, my friend posted something (laughs) about how disabled public speakers aren't paid and I just cannot tell you the amount of times that I've been asked to speak for free and Mm -hmm. yeah, I've done it of course, but I'm just at the point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I've had, you know, publicly traded companies pay me and I know like other publicly traded companies like asking me to speak for free. And I'm like, we can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been really hard to use my voice and to like know my worth and to turn down opportunities that I think, you know, five years ago I said yes to mm-hmm. um, for the good of spreading the message and Mighty Well's mission of turning sickness into strength. Um, but I feel like I really need to learn from you. I'm like, I think I need an agent. <laughs> you know, I think I need, um, you know, to figure out how can we spread our message, you know, just in a more sustainable way. So yeah. that's my little rant on please pay disabled speakers. <laughs> No. Oh my gosh. I totally get it. And I, I'm a huge advocate for that. And that was actually something that was really challenging for me with this year for Chronicon because I didn't have the budget for like a speaker budget. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, this, and everyone who spoke like knew that I was (laughs) trying to do this by the skin of my teeth. So they were like happy to do it, you know, without being paid, but it's also something that for next year, I'm just like, I can't, I don't want to keep doing it and not include that in the budget. Um, but I get it. It's really like as a speaker myself, I mean, I'm being flown out to speak at a big company that shall not be mentioned, although you'll probably figure it out online, yeah. but, uh, next week. And the, the fee that they're paying me is very, very small. I mean, it's, 
like a fraction, tiny fraction of like what I've been paid to do, like virtual gigs, mm -hmm, like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, um, so it's hit or miss with stuff like that. But yeah, knowing that we deserve to be paid saying no and yeah. knowing that like some doors might close, but like that'll hopefully allow for other ones to open. It's all a part of it. And I'm excited that next year, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make sure that there's a speaker budget, even if it's like small and humble to start, that is like a non-negotiable for me because I totally agree. So yeah. And, and I'll, I will say like events like yours and like I have so many other friends who I know like from a true place are just make, are willing something to happen that I absolutely don't eat my time to. Um, yeah. but I think it's when we have these global companies, you know, that are inviting us and it's a privilege to speak. And it's like, you know, I have to take like two days off to rest because I'm mm -hmm. flying across the country to, mm -hmm. you know, tell you my story and to inspire you all. That's where really recently I'm like, oh, Emily, we can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish you the best in that endeavor and I know you'll will it to happen. Um, but it's, it's such a journey. It really is. It really is. And I'm just so grateful that we got this time together, you know, and that we got, got to learn these like really beautiful, cool things about you. I'm so honored that you shared so many things that you haven't shared in this way before, like that means a lot. And I know it'll mean a lot to the people that are listening. Um, and one of the questions that I try to end our conversations with is like, what does thriving mean to you? Every day thriving looks differently for me. Uh, today, you know, just taking that little moment in the morning to feel the sun on my face and using matcha over coffee or those five extra minutes in bed with my dog snuggling. That's when I take a deep breath and I'm like, what's up? You know, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. And lately, it's really felt like thriving. That's beautiful. I really like, I'm feeling very inspired by how present you are to like something greater than us, you know, and like your ancestors and, you know, this divine presence and all of those things, it's really just like pouring out of you, which I really love. And I feel like because I've been more burnt out lately, it hasn't been like as um, accessible to me, mm -hmm. I would say. And that's like such a huge part of who I am. And yeah, you've just like really inspired me to want to figure out what I need to do to like connect with that part of myself more because that is when I'm like the most happy, you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing all of those parts of yourself with us. Thank you. And thank you so much, you know, for, I feel like chronic con is what I needed for the in-person event for sure. That was like life changing. Um, but even just being within the app and the community, I'm like, what, you know, 19 year old Emily wishes she had this. So thank you so much for, you know, bringing that into existence. And I know your light is just going so much further than you can even know. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for all the work that you do. And thank you for being here. My pleasure. And let me know. I'll get you some fresh masks. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks. 
All right, loves. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Thriving Together podcast. If you did, I would love to have you subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And please be sure to rate and review the show, especially if you liked it, because it really helps make sure that this content gets to more and more people. Thanks so much for listening, and I cannot wait to be with you for the next episode.